The following program was previously recorded. We regret we'll be unable to accept your phone calls, but we invite you to participate during the next live broadcast of this program. The following is a CNY Talk Radio presentation. This is Taps Para Magazine Radio. Taps Para Magazine Radio. Here are your hosts, J.V. Johnson and Aaron Sagers. Good evening and welcome to Taps Para Magazine Radio. We are excited to be here. We have got a great program. J.V. Johnson here along with Aaron Sagers and Stacy Jones. Uh, later in the program, we'll be talking with Dave Schrader, uh, one of our guests tonight, as well as Eric Altman. Dave Schrader, by the way, is a, a paranormal radio host, also an event producer in the paranormal circles, an author, uh, a man of many talents. He'll be joining us a little bit later in the program. We also have Eric Altman, who is the director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. Uh Eric, of course, uh, heads up uh, research and, and exploration for finding the seven to eight foot tall creature that is supposed to occupy some of the more rural, remote areas of North America. So we look forward to that. Um, great program. We also have members of uh, the local Syracuse uh, paranormal group, Paracuse, joining us later in the program. Right. But before we get to all that, I want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the news, some paranormal headlines uh stacy jv i don't know if you guys picked up on this but uh you know the uh the tv show american idol uh well you know the the singers the contestants from that show they may have been staying in a haunted mansion uh turns out that uh tmz was one of the first sources to report this that the top 11 contestants of american idol were complaining of strange paranormal activity at the mansion that they were being housed at. And one report included a claim that a sheet was magically floating up into the air and down a hallway. And another had something to do with uh, spiders and flickering lights. And, um, you know, the, the nice producers of American Idol, as a courtesy, agreed to move the uh, the singers to a safe, non-haunted location. Are so. they sure that wasn't Paula Abdul in a sheet? <laughs> I, I think it was the, the ghost of bad singers' future. It may have been. It may have been. <laughs> but moving on from that, uh, another paranormal encounter with a singer, this one a real singer, um, former Van Halen star uh, Sammy Hagar, he has said that, uh, in fact, he claims that he was abducted by real-life aliens several decades ago um and that they they uh screwed around with his brain a little bit Some, uh, something did for so, sure <laughs> something did now was this while he was singing with van halen um you know uh i believe it was actually he he says that he was living in california at the time and uh quote it was real they were plugged into me it was a download situation or they uploaded something from my brain like an experiment they were tapped into my brain, and the knowledge was transferred back and forth. So I can assume that maybe the aliens were giving him knowledge about, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, travel across the stars and advanced you know, medical information. My question is, what information were they were trying to get from Sammy Hagar? I think they were trying to teach him how to drive 55. That's what I was yeah. just going to say, <laughs> driving 55. You know, he was also on several episodes of My Ghost Story, too, or Celebrity Ghost Stories. Yeah, he was, yeah. 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 So uh, he apparently Sammy Hagar is is connected to uh, to the paranormal very heavily and um, more dimensions than we know. 
I know. And uh, so beat that, David Lee Roth. What do you have? <laughs> Tight pants. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that that's a, just some of the glimpse of what's going on in the news. And uh, I know we're going to have some more coming up in the next hour. So you guys got to stick around for that. Oh. Also, after the break, we'll be joining, we'll be joined by Dave Schrader. Uh, Dave, of course, uh, host of his own paranormal radio program. He's a paranormal event prom- producer, promoter, author, man of many talents and many experiences. We look forward to him joining us in just a few minutes. You're listening to Taps Para Magazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Now, more Taps Para Magazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Welcome back to the program. J.V. Johnson here along with Aaron Sagers and Stacy Jones. And again, we've got a great program lined up for you. Later on in the program, Eric Altman, director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, will be on to talk about the latest in the search for the big, uh, hairy, humanoid, uh, cryptozoological figure. Stop talking to me about <laughs> me like that. No, but, that's Aaron That's Aaron before he shaves. After that, he's a, he is a human. Well, I am Italian, so... <laughs> we also have members, members of the local paranormal group Paracuse joining us. They'll talk a little little bit about some of the experiences they've had in the Syracuse area in their um, paranormal explorations. But right now, let's uh, bring our first guest on board, Dave Schrader. And I, I have to say, as I entered the paranormal world, the first guy I met in the paranormal universe was Dave Schrader. Welcome to the program, Dave. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, you uh, you are a legend uh, amongst uh, paranormal people like me because because of the duck pajamas. Frankly, I mean, really, it's really what it boils down to. Well, that's a given. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, wh- where do your travels have you these days? Uh, well, boy, I've got got me jaunting all over the world. Um, b- before we get into that, though, I just got to take you guys to task on one thing, and especially you, Stacy. As a paranormal investigator, did I just hear you assume that one sheet floating down the hall was Pat Paula Abdul right. of the American Idol House? Right. Well, wouldn't it be? No, as a good investigator, you would know if it was Paula Abdul, it would be three sheets to the wind. Oh, but um bum. Thank you, everybody. I'll be back again at 10. He's Did here all He's here all week. All right. <laughs> Dave, tell us, you know, I, I was reading a little bit about uh, how you got into the paranormal gig, and uh, just tell us the story. Uh, it started when, as you, when you were a kid. Yeah, actually, um, the story I, has been related to me by my family. I, I had no memory of it. Uh, but when my grandmother had passed away, we were very close, and uh, I went to stay the night at my grandfather's house when I was about three and was sleeping in my grandmother's room. Uh, my grandfather, a lovely man, but snored like a chainsaw, so they had their own rooms. And my mom came to pick me up the next morning, and I described to her you know, that my grandmother had come to read me a story, and she reminded me that Grandma was in heaven with the with the angels. I said, yeah, I know, and she misses us and loves us, and but she was silly, Mommy. She didn't have all of her teeth, and she was wearing this outfit, and I explained everything. Well, my grandmother had been buried in a closed casket. Only my grandfather and aunt knew what she had been buried in, and I described to a T, including the fact they'd removed her false teeth. Wow. So hmm. um, my, my aunt then at that time when my mom told her the story related the fact that she had been called three times by my grandmother after her passing. So wow. that kind of started the paranormal feel in our family, and and since that point you know i've had many experiences with loved ones and totally innocuous ghosts that just seem to be around um but that now, was my first real foray into it yeah now david you said that called three times what do you mean by that well after my grandmother had passed my uh, my aunt lived in the same house with my grandfather still my aunt was you know barely 19 i think and she woke up one night in the middle of the night when the phone was ringing and of course this was long before the advent of caller id 
And she picked up the phone, and there was static, and then all of a sudden my grandmother began to speak to her. And they talked for a few moments, and then my, when my aunt shook up the cobwebs and realized she was talking to her dead mother, she let out a yelp and dropped the phone, and my grandfather came in and picked up the phone and heard somebody sigh and then hang up the line. And he thought it was just one of her friends, you know, calling in the middle of the night. And uh, my aunt tried to tell him, and he just rolled his eyes and walked out of the room. And uh, about a week later, she called back and said, you, you know, you can't tell your dad this. He's not going to believe it. And and uh, my aunt kind of freaked out again. And my, my grandfather, again, came to the running aid to see what was going on and, and uh, hung up the phone. And then the third time she called just to say she loved everybody and she couldn't call again, but that uh, she'll always be with us. And, and that was pretty much the end of the phone calls. Wow. Yeah. Now, how how long after you had this experience that you didn't remember yourself that was it related to you? Um, how long after that? Did, did how long happened? you you had you had the experience where you encountered your grandmother, but you said you didn't remember your family was telling you that it right. occurred because you they were too young. They told me that story. Yeah, so I had no memory of that encounter at all with my grandmother. But I grew up as I'm sitting right now to be quiet. I'm sitting in the uh, in my van outside of my parents' house in Medina, Illinois. Uh, doing this interview with you because my children are all inside and would be bouncing off the ceilings if, <laughs> if I'm talking to you guys. But this is the house I grew up in, and it was very uh, very haunted. Um, and no reason to be either. It's just a nice little ranch-style house in Medina, Illinois. But the uh, you know we used to hear voices. You would hear people walking around upstairs. And my dad, you know, he's he's not a real believer of this stuff, but he would even get freaked out from time to time hearing things walking around in the house after he was downstairs by himself. Um you know, TVs and radios would go on by themselves. Nothing really malevolent or weird, just uh, just strange stuff. Uh, and I, I remember sleeping in the basement was my room. I had one wall where no poster would stick to the wall. Nothing would ever hang there. Everything would always fall off. So I actually hung a flag in front of that so, part so of the that wall. So Bo, that Bo Derek poster just kept coming down. Yeah, the Unfortunately, yeah, I had, and the I David Cassidy. I it above my, my bed. It was the safest place, apparently. But... Uh, <laughs> I hung a flag on that part of the wall in front of the wall, and I could lay there at night, and you could just watch that thing billow out like there was wind coming through the concrete wall. Wow. And uh, so, I, you know, I started having weird experiences like that and seeing things in and around the neighborhood. But it was, it was strange as I grew up. More and more of the neighbors would relate similar stories of the paranormal and, and weird activity. Now, I'll tell you, as a skeptical believer, do we have a few minutes? I can tell you kind of an interesting story I was able to debunk in my adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we all found out about our town, which was really bizarre, is the fact that we all had these party ghosts in our basement. At night, most of us were fan sleepers because, you know, it was the, the 70s and very early 80s. Not everybody had, you know, uh, central air. So we had our, our fans going. Well, just about everybody in our neighborhood used to complain of what sounded like glasses clanking, people talking, music. You couldn't hear what the conversations were, but you could hear noises, and it sounded like there was a conversation going on around you. And and we just started talking about this throughout the neighborhood and a bunch of the kids. You know, a lot of us had the basement bedrooms, and we all started relating these stories. And, you know, it just always kind of freaked me out, but I thought, well, you know, okay, we saw poltergeist. They buried on old Indian burial ground. We know how bad that thing turned. But obviously the town of Medina was, you know, put on the party central Sioux line, I guess, you know. Uh, we had all of the really uh, fancy uh, Native Americans drinking and clinking champagne glasses and, and talking and giggling and playing rock music. We, but we couldn't figure out why we all had the same experience. Mm -hmm. Well, understanding what I know now about the paranormal and the way sound works, uh, the fan worked very much like an eardrum. Now, I say that because you would...
would think you know, maybe one house, maybe two houses would have this experience, but when an entire block would have this experience, it's kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Well, as we talk, our voices carry in sound wave patterns. The reason that starts to get harder to hear is because the, the sound waves get longer and loopier and there's nothing to bounce off of. So using the fan, the back of the fan for white noise and hitting the blades was creating like a drum eardrum effect. And what's going on is right at the end of our block, is Medina Golf Course, which is this big, fancy-schmancy country club where there's parties and something going on almost every night. And we all realize that that's party central. So the sound waves Mm -hmm. were going, and with the fan creating the template of noise Mm -hmm. and the back of the fan Mm -hmm. working like an eardrum, we would get just enough to hear it. The, the, The sound waves were still too loopy to be very concise to hear it specifically, but you could hear enough of what was going on at these parties that were taking place there. And to me, that's the only thing that would make sense. So that's you know, that's part of what I love about the paranormal. That always freaked me out as a kid. Now, as an adult, I have a better understanding of the way we hear and the way things work, and how white noise might be a great way for us to pick up ghostly voices. But it also may be a way to help create a template for noises that need something to bounce off of to be heard. So you know, that that's just something as an adult I finally stumbled on, and and I've talked to a few ear uh, doctors that uh, that deal with hearing aids, and they've they've confirmed that yeah, that that is probably a very good opportunity or pr- pretty good chance of what actually took place. So Dave, did you pass along this information to your family? Like, hey, I've debunked this this experience from my childhood. Oh no, I let them still think that the house is haunted by party goers. No, yeah, yeah, actually, I talked to them, and I've talked about it on on my radio show. And my parents have listened. To, they're one of the four people that do. But at least I know they've heard it now, so that's a plus. Now, I mean, you've had you, you speak of this, uh, you know, ghostly experience, early paranormal experiences, but what about beyond uh, ghosts? You know, have you had uh, paranormal experiences that extend to the cryptozoological or uh, UFOs? Yeah, actually, when I was about 12, my, my dad's family lived in, um, his mom and dad lived in Foley, Alabama. And they had 40 acres, and they only used about 10 of them. Uh, and they had a pond. We used to fish in a lot, my cousins and I. And it was interesting because we'd be st- sitting by the pond. Behind the pond was the other 30 acres or so that they never used. And we would always hear, geez, it sounded like Jurassic Park back there. You'd hear something stomping around all the time back in the woods. And, uh, you know, I never really crossed my mind of what it was. I just figured some kind of wild animal was walking around back there. Uh, and then I remember one day I was sitting out by the pond with my cousin Rob, and we were fishing, and and um, we heard the, the stomping coming towards us at the back of the pond. And, you know, from across us, it was, it was, you know, maybe a good 80, 90 yards away from us, the other end of the pond. All of a sudden, you could see the bushes start to rustle, and there was a little bridge, and Right by the bushes, all of a sudden, I saw this big black and gray Chewbacca-looking hand push down the top of the bushes, which were well over six feet tall, you know, in that, that growth back there. And over the top came this very dark, maned-looking creature. And I could see a very dark face and inset eyes and then this long kind of black, gray, Bee Gees-looking hairdo. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would say it's a Bigfoot because that's the only thing I could relate it to. Again, it's so hard for me to look back with the eyes of a 10- or 12-year-old. And for those of you that don't understand that theory, just remember, you know, where we grew up, you know, there was TV shows like Land of the Lost, which, you know, we thought was the greatest TV show ever and one of the most dynamic dinosaur shows. I buy it on DVD, bring it home to my kids, pop it in, and 10 minutes later they looked at me like I was high and walked out of the room. So obviously (laughs) obviously I cannot trust my 10-year-old and 12-year-old 
you know, imagination and memory for it. But my cousin and I saw it, and we scooby-dooed it up pretty quick to the house. We ran like bats out of hell. We got up there at first thinking maybe our, our dads were playing a joke on us, but everybody was in the house, and it was enough to unnerve my dad and uncle that they grabbed their shotguns and went out walking around to make sure there wasn't somebody out there that wasn't supposed to be. But this was a very hairy hand and a very tall, hairy, gray-haired person thing with a very dark, inset face. So it was, it, was, it was really an interesting moment. So that would be my closest thing to a Bigfoot sighting. Um, and then uh, about five years ago when I went to the Gilliland Ranch in uh, Trout Lake, Washington, and I had UFO experiences, uh, I had a number, I think three of them, and I finally convinced the, the uh, cast of Paranormal State to go out there and film an episode outside of the realm of ghosts to go look for UFOs. And they kind of rolled their eyes and said, all right, fine. If you're saying that we got a 90 to 95% chance of seeing something on a clear night, let's go. And uh, we weren't disappointed. There was a lot of really weird activity that took place, and they ended up liking it. They, they filmed an episode there for season two called uh, uh, First Contact. So for those of you that are interested, you can go on YouTube, type in Paranormal State First Contact, and you can watch the whole episode there. But, but backtracking a little bit, you talk mm-hmm. about as a kid, you know, you have these experiences you know, that that's still a long way between a 10-year-old and then having your own radio show years later. So how did that come about? I mean, how did you become an adult interested in the paranormal that then started his own uh, radio show? You know, I, I always had an interest because of the stories my family would relate to me and because of the weird things that happened. I used to read every book I could by D. Scott Rogo, Hans Holzer, the, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I just loved to read real-life ghost stories. And you know, to the point it would absolutely freak me out. So I, I loved all that stuff. And then when I went off to college in 1988, uh, I fell in love with radio, and I started working at, at KQAL, Winona, uh, which is an alternative college radio station, uh, along with Tim, my co-host. And we just became fast friends. Tim stayed in the world of radio, and I went back into the real world of sales, and, and we parted ways that way and stayed friends for a number of years. And six years ago, he was working at a local station in Minneapolis where I lived, and he said, hey, we've got a crappy uh, gold show, a crappy real estate show, and a crappy vitamin show. Do you want to do a crappy radio show together? <laughs> and I said, yeah, let's do something on the paranormal. At that point, the only thing I was familiar with was Coast to Coast with Art Bell. And I figured, you know, we could do an earlier version of the show that kind of leads into Coast to Coast. And we, we launched on January 1st, 2006, and we've been going strong ever since. We went from one night a week to uh, on Sunday nights from 11 to midnight to Sundays from 10 to midnight, and then launched after about two and a half years, went to uh, Saturday and Sundays from 9 to midnight. And then about a year ago, we switched over to Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. till midnight central time doing the show. And it was just, you know, happenstance and luck, but it was the right right timing for it, too. Um, and, I, you know, I give a lot of credit to the guys from TAPS, uh, Jason and Grant. They were great friends to me. Uh, and when I, you know, I, like most of you, I was a fan of the TV show. And after season one, I, I remember writing an email to Jason, Steve, and Grant at their website and had given some advice because they seemed to lose a lot of their equipment and uh, and supplies. So I, I wrote an email in my AV geek way to teach them how to keep control of their stuff. And to, to my surprise, Jason Hawes started writing me back. And, you know, we became friends on AOL. We'd chat back and forth on occasion. And then one night he just said, hey, give me your phone number. I'm going to give you a call. And, uh, I was kind of blown away, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, uh, Jason Haas from Ghost Hunters is going to call. She said, yeah, whatever, and our, our phone had, you know, <laughs> speaking caller ID, and all of a sudden my phone rings, and you hear, Haas, Jason, 
paused. <laughs> Her eyes lit up. She handed me the phone. Jason and I talked for about two hours at night. Very little about the paranormal, just about the fact that we're both dads with many, many children and uh, and just got along famously and we became friends and ended up starting to do, uh, you know, I, I went out to see them at uh, UNIFCON at Penn State College and and uh, Jason and Grant just became buddies of mine that way. And, and then when I got the opportunity to do the radio show, I called in a favor. I said, hey, Jason, would you be willing to be my first guest? And he was courteous enough to do so. And, and from there, that kind of launched our our opportunity. Because uh, when we first approached the radio station about doing a paranormal show, they're like, yeah, who are you going to get? And we came right out of the shoot with uh, Jason Hawes and John Zaffis mm-hmm. and Rosemary Ellen Guiley and, and then a local author who had a pretty big paranormal book, Annie Wilder, with a book called House of Spirits and Whispers. And that just kind of lit the way for us. But, you know, and then we started doing the live events, and, you know, that's pretty much what's led me to where I'm at now. Well, Dave, we're going to go to a break, but when we come back, sure. I want to talk about that transition from doing the radio show to the live events because you do many events, many successful events with not just uh, TAPS folks but with other folks, and we'll get into that when we come back. You're listening to TAPS Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. This is Taps Para Magazine Radio. Taps Para Magazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Welcome back to our program. Of course, I'm JV Johnson, along with Aaron Sagers, Stacy Jones, as we uh, continue another broadcast into things unknown on Taps Para Magazine Radio. By the way, our telephone number is 315 421 9325. 315 421 9325. Or if you'd like to email us, you can do that as well. It's radio at tapsparamag.com. That's radio at tapsparamag.com. Our guest this hour is Dave Schrader from Darkness on the Edge of Town, Darkness Radio, Darkness Events, and I'm sure there's some other darkness things involved there, Dave. Uh, we were talking before we went to break about how you got into working with some of the para-celebrities, and uh, let's let's take that a step further and, and tell us about some of the events you've done, how you got into doing events with these folks and bringing a lot of newbies, if you will, into the paranormal world through these events, and uh, maybe share some of those experiences with us. You know, the reason we started the show is one thing in mind. I've never claimed to be a paranormal expert. I wanted to learn and understand more about the paranormal by speaking to the to the top experts around the world and people that were in the field and doing what I was interested in. Uh, so I really love to learn along with my listeners. Well, enough people heard us talking about all these haunted locations that I started getting emails of saying, well, why don't you guys go there? Why don't we go as a, you know, your fans will come out and, and, and check out these locations with you. So I reached out to Jason and Grant at one point, and I said, you know, what would you guys' thoughts be if I brought some of our listeners and, and TAPS fans out to Rhode Island, and we did an, you know, a little event at a hotel where you guys could come on out and, and meet and greet and sign some autographs, and uh, maybe we could even show them the TAPS office. And the guys were very open to it, and unfortunately they weren't available uh, for the full event, so they said we could probably stop by the first night, but we're in production. So Steve and... Uh, I think Steve and Paula from TAPS at that time were the first two to really kind of do an event with us, and mm-hmm. that went great. We ended up doing two or three there, and then, you know, after I came home from the first event, I remember sitting on the couch at home, and I had TiVo'd the episode of the Stanley Hotel, and uh, I watched about half that episode when I saw that glass shatter and the door shut in Jason's room. I paused it. I looked over at my wife, and I grabbed my phone, and I dialed up Jason and Grant, and I said, Here's an idea. What if we took this thing a step bigger and we went to the Stanley and we brought fans? And uh, he said, do you think you could pull it off? I said, we can give it a shot. And from there, we just 
kind of built it into a regular deal where we started doing events, you know, every couple of months going out to places like Eastern State Penitentiary, the Stanley Hotel, the Queen Mary, uh, Waverly Hills Sanitarium, Rolling Hills, and just finding some really fun, cool places that were large enough to sustain a large group of fans and get a chance to walk around and work with the different celebrities and learn about how they do what they do. And that was really just, you know, it was the idea of learning along with my, my listeners and uh, the fans of the paranormal and, and kind of giving them a bridge between the real world and, and that, uh, you know, paranormal celebrity world, you know, and, and all the celebrities in the paranormal world are not like your regular TV celebrities. These guys are very, you know, affable, very uh, sweet people that are, you know, willing to talk and give their time. And they understand that this is something that we all have in common. Uh, it's not acting. It's it's a passion and it's an interest. So they've been great, you know, through the years. I've worked with the kids from the Paranormal State Show and, you know, almost the entire crew from Ghost Hunters and, and uh, Ghost Adventures and, um you know, just have had a really good time doing what we do and, and going out and exploring all these haunted locations. And Dave, um, my own personal connection with this is that uh, uh, I guess it was about three or four years ago, um, I had already interviewed Jason and Grant uh, when I was working as a, a reporter before I really got pulled into the paranormal community. My first event, paranormal event, was, was yours at Eastern State Penitentiary. And um, in one shot, you know, not only did I see Jason Grant again, but uh, I met John Zaffis, uh, Patrick Burns, Chris Fleming, and, and of course you. And as an adult, I, I had an experience at Eastern State Penitentiary, and it had such an impact on me that it kind of hooked me and, and pulled me more into the paranormal community. Um, do you Is that something that you hear a lot from people that through these events, you know, they are able to have an experience in in addition to interacting with the celebrities that this is their sort of introduction to the paranormal do you hear that a lot well yeah a lot of people you know they, they've never had experiences but they love watching the shows and they're so fascinated by ghosts and they they come out more along the chance to hang out with the celebrities and get a chance to meet you know jason and grant or zach nick and aaron or patrick and chris or you know ryan and the kids or something you know just whoever we're working with at the time and then my favorite stories have always been the fact of the begrudging husband that comes with the wife who's really into it. Mm-hmm. And, and the husband's kind of rolling his eyes and thinking, you know, fine, I, I get this, but, uh, you know, this is my trade-off. So later on this year I get to go on my big fishing trip. And I love those guys because they're the ones that end up walking away having the best experiences and their wives are just livid with them mm-hmm. because the, the wives were into it and didn't have anything happen and the guys got scratched or punched or, you know, uh, saw something, so it's 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 fun, and you do see it. It becomes almost like a drug. People just they they get hooked on the feeling of the paranormal and, and getting in there. And you know, one of the funniest parts has been, I don't hide the fact it's it's a large ghost hunt. You know, there's close to a hundred people a night that ghost hunt, four locations in groups of about twenty five. And I even had people like Stacy Jones, who's who's helped us host some of these uh, ghost hunts saying, Dave, how are we going to do this with 25 people walking around making noise? It's going to interfere with, you know, the evidence and this and that. And I've explained, you know, we're not on a secure, solid interview. This is more of an opportunity to learn technique and see things. But I think Stacy and, and even you, Mr. Johnson, you, I think, first event was at a Rolling Hills event. Yeah. That's yeah. where I met you. That's and right. you remember, remember at Rolling Hills during the ghost hunt, it was dead silent. It was. With all those people in there, there wasn't a noise going on in that whole entire place. Well, in some locations there were when we were down in like the Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but then, 
But then you break it down, and and Stacy did a private ghost hunt with about twelve people, and all of a sudden it started to come alive, and there were mm-hmm. shadow people darting around, and we started having these huge things happen. You know, it would be twenty twenty five people in the pool at the Queen Mary standing in a circle, and suddenly they would hear a little girl's voice start to call yeah. out, the, the voice of Jackie singing Happy Birthday or London Bridge. Yeah. Everybody was there witnessing these things. So I think a lot of times it's it's all of this energy. So much of what we do is built on intent. What do you want to have happen? What kind of experience? And so many people are there focused to have an experience that I think that gives the energy to the atmosphere to really kind of create or provoke uh, an experience to occur in those locations. And sometimes it extends far beyond the little place that everybody expected to get the ghosts. You know, they go back to their hotel rooms and water starts going on or the TV start turning themselves on and off. And, you know, they start having experiences even back in the the comfort and confines of their own bedrooms. Um, You know, so I I think it's a lot of fun doing that and watching the people just kind of that we're on the fence post, not sure if they believe, and all of a sudden now they're at every event because they, they just can't believe this kind of stuff. And I've had a few of the people that said, I came just to look at the losers and, and mm-hmm. see what kind of idiot would pay 200, 225 bucks to come hang out with these goofy celebrities. I just had to see it for myself, and now I've met some of the best friends of my life. I've having the greatest time of my life. I've met all these crazy people and, and just having a great time. Um, so it's been fun. I think, it, you know, the, the community was looking for an opportunity. We've all grown up having experiences. And the one thing that's a kicker is sometimes you feel alone having these experiences. And now you can come together with other people that have had these experiences or are seeking to have these experiences, aren't going to look at you like you're nuts, and are, are willing to, you know, share ideas and thoughts. And that's a nice sense of community. As a matter of fact, we've had, I think we've got now four couples that have gotten engaged at our events two that have gotten married at our events and it's uh you know it's pretty exciting stuff being a part of that world i, I really love doing it i love seeing the locations meeting the the fans and uh just getting a chance to get out and see the world it's it's so exciting yeah and people keep coming back i mean i know that mm-hmm. uh at mansfield uh dave i was at your event uh last september i believe and um group of people uh a lot of people gathered together uh with uh nick from ghost adventures have this huge amazing experience and uh you know it's it's really impressive and i hear a lot of those people are actually coming back to mansfield in two weeks for another of your events so it's like they keep coming back right well Uh, it was funny our mansfield event that that was kind of one i wasn't sure about i'd never been there i had no idea the lay of the land i was really nervous about that event it took off so well when we put up the new mansfield event it was the fastest sellout in darkness events history. Um, most times it takes, you know, anywhere from 35 to 60, you know, sometimes even up to 90 days to sell out an event. We sold out the Mansfield return in eight days flat. Wow. Boom. We sold out all the tickets, and we just had the meet and greets and uh, left, and we closed that off a few weeks ago. But that was that was the fastest full event ter- turnaround I've ever seen. And we've already got people begging us to do another one there. We haven't even gone in to do the second one yet. But... I will say it's going to get a lot harder. We, the only other one we have on the books for sure is going to be the uh, return to the Stanley in the first weekend in November. Yeah. Dave, and we're going back with the Ghost Adventures. Yeah, crew. Dave, while you're talking about events, you probably want to give folks your uh, your web address uh, in case they want to look up, uh, keep an eye on what types of things you're bringing to the market. Sure, sure. Darknessevents.com is the website to keep in touch with, darknessevents.com. And in the next week or so, we're going to be posting the Stanley event with uh, the guys from Ghost Adventures and Chris Fleming and... And, um, you know, a lot of different speakers are going to be a part of it, so hopefully we'll, we'll meet so many more people out for that. Uh, but things have gotten busy with, you know, I, I left. I've got a full-time day job, 
I do my radio show every night, and then I've got seven kids. Hmm. Plus, I'm doing the live events, and I was lucky enough to be picked up as part of a new TV series for the Travel Channel. It's filming right now, so um, there's a lot of being on the road between now and November, so I'm not sure how many more events we're going to get out this year, but I know we've got the one in November for sure, and, and that's about the only one I think we're going to probably be able to do for 2011. Well, so, we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but yep. you, you, you touched on something that we wanted to ask, ask you about, the new television sure. television uh, venture that you're involved in. I don't know how yep. much you can tell us, but certainly whatever you can share with us, we'd like you to do that after the break. You bet. So we'll, we'll come back in just a moment with Dave. Of course, a little later in our program, we've got Eric Altman, director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. It's all right here on Taps Para Magazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. CNY Talk Radio. Welcome back to our program and good Saturday evening to you as we uh, venture into things unknown on Taps Para Magazine Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, along with Aaron Sagers and Stacey Jones as we uh, look to take your phone calls at 315-421-9325. Or if you'd like to email us a question or a comment, you can do that. Radio at tapsparamag.com. That's radio at tapsparamag.com. Coming up in the next hour, we've got Eric Altman, who is the director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. We had an opportunity to chat with him a little bit um, at the Gettysburg event called Phenomenology, which we discussed on this program in previous weeks. And uh, very interesting stuff going on. Actually, some new sightings and new developments in the search for Bigfoot. So we look forward to that conversation. But we still have uh, the guest of this hour, our good friend Dave Schrader. Dave, thanks uh, for spending this uh, time with us. We really, really do appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. We um, we were talking before uh, break. You had let the cat out of the bag, and we're going to hold hold off on the discussion of the television show because you you're also an, an author, and we didn't really have much of an opportunity to talk about that. Aaron, yeah, Dave, you've got the book "The Other Side: A Teen's Guide to Ghost Hunting." Um, I I'm just curious about what was the inception of that? How did that come about? You writing a book? Well, you know, I've been giving a talk at a lot of my events uh, over the years because I thought, you know, aside from the fun of watching the celebrities, a lot of people really wanted to know about ghost hunting and how to do it and the right ways and wrong ways. So I, I really kind of pulled a lot of information from teams all across the United States that I'd had a chance to work with and pulled together what I thought were some of the best parts. So I began giving a talk on that. Um, young adult author Mar- Marley Gibson, who's written a series called uh, The Ghost Huntress, which has been pretty well received out there. Um, she, they were looking for an addendum book for her series for people that were interested in becoming ghost hunters, and especially teenage market, because there was really nothing in that market. And I figured, well, you know, there's all these people screaming about how kids shouldn't ghost hunt and how teenagers should stay out of it. And I thought, well, that's kind of hypocritical of us because most of us started as kids and as teenagers. But let's at least try to teach them the right way to do it. So we... We sat down, and Patrick Burns from the TV series Haunting Evidence and Marley and myself, we went up to the Haunted Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota, and we hammered out a book over a weekend. And um, and uh, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, the publisher, loved the book and, and bought it from us and, and published, and that's what we've got out there. It's called The Other Side, A Teen's Guide to Ghost Hunting and the Paranormal. And it's really good for anybody that's interested in the paranormal and getting started. You know, We've gotten really good reviews from teens all the way up through people in their senior years that uh, have read the book and really felt that they got something from it. So that's kind of, you know, where we went with on that common sense approach. And you've got kids, so were they uh, harsh critics for uh, Dad's book on ghost hunting? 
Um, you know, my, my two older, well, th- my three oldest kids um, are more in tune to what I do. I really don't talk about it a whole lot because kids do have an overactive imagination. I don't want to lead them to see things or experience things that they think, you know, just because they see it on TV. So I try to avoid getting into it too much with them. But my, you know, my kids that have read the book liked it and, and got a lot out of it. And they, they like the pseudo-celebrity of the fact that sometimes their friends at school stumble upon the book and when they mention, oh yeah, my dad, you know, is one of the authors. They, you know, suddenly they've got their own little celebrity status at school. So it's kind of cute to watch them uh, interact that way. But I have a lot of fun, you know, being out and promoting the book and doing what we do with it. Well, speaking of celebrity status, um, I think you're about to experience a lot more of that coming up soon because you're involved in a new project. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, i, I got to be careful because there's only some things I'm allowed to say, but uh, I can tell you that Travel Channel has picked up a new series. We've been signed for 12 episodes, um, and Zach Baggins from uh, the TV show Ghost Adventures is the host of the show. It's called Paranormal Challenge and uh, basically pits two different paranormal teams against each other to investigate haunted locations, and I'm the head judge for the show. Uh, we have a rotating cast of judges that will come through each episode and, and share their experience and, and uh, information with the listeners and with the uh, or with the viewers and with the um, uh, teams that we're working with. And we get to see some of the coolest locations. So uh, I, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of fun doing it. I've had a lot of crazy eyewitness accounts as we're watching them film the show of paranormal activity taking on you know, place right around some of the people. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting, and that'll start airing this June on the Travel Channel on Friday nights, I believe. All right, now I've got an off the wall question for you. This is a curveball, sure. so hopefully, uh, hopefully you can knock it out of the park. You ready? Okay, boxers. We were having a discussion before airtime, and we were talking about uh, horror movies. What's your favorite horror movie? <sighs> Jeez, um, that's like asking which of my kids is my favorite. It's hard to say. Uh, you know, there's different versions of it I, I i'm a huge zombie fan so i really love the original night of the living dead that's that movie had had the, probably the most impact on me in my life uh for just freaking the hell out of me for a black and white movie oh it's amazing low budget amazing creeps me out you can still. keep your fast moving zombies still because those are freaky but the the slow ambling and you still can't get away from them zombies are pretty horrifying um so i would definitely put that up in the in the higher ranks but um, you know, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street, I saw that in black and white on my buddy's TV, uh, you know, back in the 80s. Um, and that movie freaked the hell out of me. It was a great psychological horror movie, the first one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and of course, the, the granddaddy of them all, the, you know, Halloween. Mm-hmm. What a perfectly written, freaky movie. So, you know, like I said, it's kind of hard to pick just one. I, I've got many that I really think are, are phenomenal out there. But I would say, you know, in the top five, you're probably going to see Night of the Living Dead, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, Halloween, the first one, uh, Shaun of the Dead, just for the originality and, and the fun storyline, but remaining true to the whole zombie genre. Uh, and then I'm a big monster fan, so I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the um, like Godzilla movies, even though those aren't really considered horror. Uh, I those are some of my favorite flicks. And Dave, you and I have traded stories uh, many times about uh, celebrity encounters and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now that you are uh, entering this realm, you're, you're uh, going to be in this new TV show. Who is someone that you would love to investigate? A, a celebrity investigator? Oh, geez. I, you know, here's my deal. I'm just a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. That's why we named our show Darkness on the Edge of Town Paranormal <laughs> Radio Show. Um, I would just love the opportunity to meet Springsteen, whether it's ghost hunting or tipping a beer at a local pub. Uh, 
ghost hunting wise, I think it'd just be fun to go out with. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to go with with some of these guys from like Supernatural or, or one of these paranormal TV shows just to see. You know, they're so tough and rough on TV. I'd love to see how they react in a real environment with shadow people and creepy voices and, and things calling out. I, I would love to see them in an experience like that. That that would be a blast. Well, Dave, we're just about out of time, and we really appreciate you joining us. And, um, you know, best of luck. A lot of things going on in your world, and we wish you the best of luck with all of them. Hey, thank you. It's great talking with all three of you, and I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Once, One more time before you head out, your website for anybody who wants to look up some events or anything else that might be going on? Yeah, you can always check me out at darknessradio.com or darknessevents.com, and there's links to all of my other sites on those, so feel free to check us out. And, uh be a part of the Army of Darkness. Thanks and, a lot for having me on. And 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 can they can they uh, check out your radio program there as well? Yep, Darkness Radio Monday through Friday, 11 p.m. till midnight central. You can stream it right off the front page on our website, or you can check out the archives right on the front page as well. There's a, an archive player that plays the last week's worth of shows. Perfect. Thanks so much, Dave, for joining us. Thanks, Thank Dave. you all, and good luck with your show. Continued success. Thanks, Dave Schrader, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a great guy, a great friend of ours, of course, and um, really knowledgeable. I mean, it's great to have somebody on the program with, with such a breadth of experience. Yeah, Dave is um, Dave is definitely one of those guys that, uh, you know, he brings everybody together in the paranormal and um, big fan of him. Coming up uh, in the next hour, we've got Eric Altman from the uh, Pennsylvania big Six, Bigfoot Society. It's all right here on TAPS Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. The following program was previously recorded. We regret we'll be unable to accept your phone calls, but we invite you to participate during the next live broadcast of this program. The following is a CNY Talk Radio presentation. This is Taps Paramagazine Radio. Taps Paramagazine Radio. Here are your hosts, J.V. Johnson and Aaron Sagers. Welcome back to our program. We've got a, another couple hours with you, of course, a little later in the program. We have Eric Altman, the director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. He'll be joining us. I'm really excited to speak with him. I mean, the, the Bigfoot sightings since the, the infamous uh, footage of 1967 continue, and uh, somebody's looking for answers, and I'm one of them. I'm one of the people looking for answers. So, Also, we've got members of the local paranormal group, Paracuse. They'll be joining us in just a couple of moments. But first, Aaron? Well, before we talk to the good people from Paracuse, I think we need to uh, let everybody out there know that Iran has announced that it has built the world's first flying saucer. That's right. This comes to us from the Weekly World News, so we know it's a reliable news source. Absolutely. The, uh, well, yeah. I mean, apparently the Iranian news agency announced the unveiling of the Ayatollah Saeed Ali Khamenei flying saucer in a special, special ceremony last week. Uh, the unmanned craft is apparently intended largely for aerial imaging and spotting infidels uh, that may be hovering <laughs> above Iran in outer space. So, um, you know, it is, the flying saucer is named Zohal, which uh, translates to Saturn in Persian. And, um, you know, it's it's a part of a new generation of, of vertical flyers. And they say they have created the greatest flying saucer ever made in the universe. And it sounds to me like they're asking for a special visit from uh, some little gray people uh, that may wish to challenge them on that. So, And I'm thinking they're going to win. 
Uh, or an, well, yeah, 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 I, yeah. they might. <laughs> was it? Was I? Was I correct? Did I read somewhere they had a 14 megapixel camera in the or something? Oh yeah, they spared no <laughs> expense. Um, the uh, the flying machine it's equipped with autopilot system, GPS, two kind of two separate imaging systems with full HD 10 megapixel picture quality 10. and is able to take oh, and send images simultaneously. Um, Isn't the iPhone 11 megapixels? <laughs> it might be. I think it is. Yeah. It might be. Oh, well, now the, the new space race is on. I know. I, I'm, I'm just, I felt it important that you guys know no, that. And so. I, I think really what we have to ask is this borrowed technology from the, you know, from another planet that it's 10 <laughs> megapixels. <laughs> well, you know that if, if the aliens are, are coming down and visiting Iran and giving them technology, we are so screwed. <laughs> if that's what it's come to. Oh, well, I don't know how we top that one, but uh, <laughs> we're going to go to break. Our, our telephone number, by the way, is 315-421-9325, 315-421-9325. You can email us as, as well. It's radio at tapsparamag.com. Dot com. That's radio at tapsparamag.com. When we come back, we've got members of the local paranormal group Paracuse here. We'll talk with them all right here on Taps Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Taps Paramagazine Radio continues on CNY Talk Radio. Welcome back to our program. J.V. Johnson here along with Aaron Sagers and Stacy Jones as we continue your weekly broadcast into Things Unknown. Of course, brought to you by the Atlantic Paranormal Society, Taps Para Magazine, and the Leatherstocking Radio Group and heard exclusively right here on CNY Talk Radio. Well, we have a special treat. Joining us in the studio are uh, members of a local paranormal group, Paracuse, and uh, we have Chad, Jeanette, and Sharon, welcome, guys. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having Thanks. Us. We appreciate you coming in. Um, one of the things that we like to do when we talk paranormal, I mean, we, we frequently, we're at events all over the country, and we get to meet the local groups of whatever, you know, community we happen to be in at the time. And it's the local groups that really make up the backbone of this, I'll call it an industry, but it's really not an industry. It's more of a love and a passion and a, and a quest than anything else. But tell us, I don't, know, I don't know who to address or who to direct the question to, but tell us a little bit about the group, how you got started, and, uh, you know, what you're doing. Anyone. <laughs> All right, so our founder, uh, Scott Clark, he, uh, we have to thank him. He pretty much purchased all the equipment on, him, on his own. We have a lot of DVR cameras, a lot of equipment. Um, it all comes from him. Um, he started the group, and he's kind of grown the group through, through everybody. You know, somebody knows somebody. Uh, people contact us off the website, and it's just been formed through that. And then we kind of take All right, let me back you up. Uh, when did he start the group? Um, when was it? Not sure. Not, not okay, that's all right. All right, so he, he, he assembled the equipment, got some other people interested in, in it, and uh, how many members do you have right now? About 30, I think. Yeah, yeah we have about 30 right now. <laughs> 30 people. Some are yeah. a little more active than others, well, yeah. you know, with yeah. commitments of family and jobs. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, take a second, each of you, and tell me what brought you to this. Well, I will say, um, actually, Sharon and I stumbled upon Scott accidentally. We had signed up for a, a local ghost tour. Didn't quite turn out to be what we expected, expected although we enjoyed it. Um, we ended up running into Scott. He was cold, had on a little ghost emblem, and our eyes lit up. I mean, we, we breathe anything paranormal. So yeah, we, did. we finally, you know, stalked the jacket for a little while, and we went up to him at the end. And <laughs> we pointed at his jacket and said, hey. <laughs> the rest was history. Yeah, but um, yeah. How we, long ago was that? That was only about six, six months, ago. months ago. Oh, really? So, so you we've been very active, though. Okay, so you say you have a passion for it. What, what, how did you develop this passion for paranormal investigating? 
I can say personally, I've always been fascinated, but the first apparition and only apparition I have seen since I was seven years old is what got me into it. So you, you saw an apparition, you had an experience when you were seven? I can't tell you what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but I can tell you everything about this girl that I had seen. Every detail of her nightgown, every particle on her face. I can wow. tell you everything about it, so I'm on a quest. Mm-hmm. Sharon, same. You have an same. experience about, of your own? Yeah, about maybe about 10 years old, I had an experience. So, um, 10 years old, I had an experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. pretty pretty intense, mm-hmm. and I um, I always thought this was something I wanted to follow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. What about you, Chad? Oh. I started <laughs> Don't probably... Don't kick Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I started probably in 97, and it was more investigating UFOs after having a huge experience over at Nida Lake. Um, we filmed about three hours' worth of video. Oh, wow. Um, and Fox News got involved, a lot of people. It made a national headline. And then from there, um, about three years ago, a bunch of us were talking about, oh, let's investigate. You know, we should do UFOs. You know, we were trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And we realized there wasn't a whole lot of UFOs in central New York. So we got into ghost hunting, and best, the place that I work, we... A lot of people left from the group, and it was pretty much just me and another guy, and we, we started looking online and found Scott with uh, Paracuse mm-hmm. and contacted him, and he took us in, and we've we've been there for probably seven months now, six, seven months. So. I, I noticed you go to the same barber as Jason Hawes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very nice. <laughs> so uh, as, as a local uh, paranormal investigative group, what types of cases do you take on? What types of things do you seek out? We take on, um, we have done private residences, which obviously for confidential purposes, we don't speak of places or names. Um, We do, um, anybody that contacts us, usually a small group of people with Scott, you know, leading it will go out and they will kind of do a preliminary, check out the, you know, make sure it's a safe place, you know, try to debunk anything that might bring us out there for no reason. You Mm -hmm. know, they find things, oh, it's your refrigerator clicking when somebody thinks it's something in the night going bump. Um, They'll send, you know, basically for our safety and make sure there's valid things to, you know, because we go and we spend quite a bit of time with the families or the businesses, and that's what we do. Okay. And do each of you have a specialty or um, area where you, you, area of expertise where you really like to focus? Maybe someone is an EVP uh, expert or, or someone that really likes to work with, um, I don't know, K2 meter. What, what's your, your area of expertise? Uh, well, we kind of, we're, we've been talking now, we're, we're actually splitting into two different groups. I'm now the uh, the tech manager, and I'm a big tech person. I like to use all the equipment. Um, I like creating new equipment. Um, and what we're doing is we're going to have a tech team and then like a spiritual slash psych team. And we'll send them in at two different times so they can actually go in, get different types of evidence, and then cross-reference them to see if everybody's finding the same type of evidence. Interesting. Yeah, we use dowsing rods. We use K2 meters. We use, you know, we have a whole arrangement of equipment that we like to use. Now, what what's the coolest place that you've gone to probably in the last seven months since you've been together? Hmm. Besides the residents, you know, kind of get kind of give the listeners like, oh yeah, I want to go there. I'd say for me, it was probably Battle Island, okay, out in Clyde, New York. I agree. Not? Oh, not not. The Erie Mansion. I'm Erie sorry. Mansion. Yes. Erie Mansion. Yeah, that was that was by far the best one we've had so far. Mm-hmm. I think. What made it What made it the best? So many experiences. Really? We had so many experiences there. Um, you had your hair pulled. I had a personal hair pulling experience, which yeah. it I think more startled me the fact that I thought someone was behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of sneaking up to say boo. 
and I turn around with a room full of people looking as we were doing a dousing in an EVP session, and there was no one behind me, and as their mouths were open, mine was to the floor. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah we had several experiences yeah. that night. Yeah. And when, when, when was this? How long ago? Oh, this was back in, what, October? Maybe October, yeah. yeah. This right. was October when we actually first started with Paracuse, I yeah. think. Yeah. Right. Of course, we're talking with uh, members of the local paranormal group Paracuse on CNY Talk Radio. This is the Taps Para Magazine radio show. Our television... Our television. Our telephone number is 315-421-9325, and our email address is radio at tapsparamag.com. That's tapsparamag.com. You know, I do have another question um, regarding two things. If someone has something going on in their home and they'd like your help, what do they do? And then if someone is interested in joining your group, what do they do? Well, you can go to our website. It's www.paracuse.net. There is some information on there along with um, a form you can fill out to contact Scott Clark, which he will be able to you know, call you at home or directly ask some questions, find out what's going on in the place that you'd like to be investigated, or get some information if you're interested in joining. Yeah. And how, if someone had something going on in their home, they were concerned, they wanted help, how long does it usually take for you guys to be able to get them on a schedule? Well, we'll do whatever it takes until we can help, mm-hmm. you know, whoever get it clear. So. Now, we all know that, uh, you know, working on these cases, it's very serious, especially when it's a, a residence and, and you have clients that may be in trouble. However, paranormal investigations, it's also a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So is there uh, perhaps a funny story that has emerged as a result of an investigation that you can relay to us? I'd have to say we have multiple funny stories. <laughs> um, you find people tripping over each other, who Sharon and I are very good at. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is, is we go out seeking the paranormal, but you put a spider in front of our face, and you're going to see us scream louder than any ghost would make us, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, at a, an investigation we did in, um, I think it was Camden, New York, uh, a couple, about a month ago, we took the Casanova College team, and... Right at the end of the, the night, we were getting ready to wrap up, and I put a white sheet on, and I jumped in front of the camera, and one of the, the members pretended to tackle me, and they kind of jumped at first because they didn't know what it was, and then they all started laughing upstairs, and then we kind of called it a night, but well, I'm trying to break up the monotony. Yeah, of course. Have, have, you, have you had the opportunity? I, I, I think I, in visiting your website, I saw that one of your members actually went to a TAPS event at one point. Scott did. Scott, yep. Scott, Scott did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you haven't had an opportunity to do that at any of the events, not TAPS or otherwise? Have you gone to? Not yet. No. Not yet. Have you been to Rolling Hills? No, no. but I would oh, definitely like to, to get go. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably one of the most amazing places locally for us anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Chad, I, I'm curious. You mentioned that you started out with uh, some UFO investigations. Mm-hmm. Has Paracuse um, thought about organizing more UFO uh, cases? I mean, uh, obviously you may not have clients to deal with but uh, have you thought about going out there with the group um a couple of us uh we used to have our own group and you know now now that we've joined scott's we like to uh we go up to uh, happy valley new york is where the lights have actually been seen over and some people consider it kind of haunted um there's a lot of burned down buildings um but we go up there a lot during the summer typically about once a week and we just kind of sit out in the fields and listen so i told scott this year you know anybody from the group is welcome to go up and anything else we find well, a lot of times there is a crossover between hauntings and UFO activity and other paranormal phenomena, you know. Um, and Stacy, I mean, how about you? I mean, uh, any of the places that they're talking about that you have an experience with as well? Yeah, well, we went to Happy Valley like 10 years ago, and the one thing that scared me was the, the squatters. 
Yeah, they scared me. Happy Valley is actually uh, probably like, like you know, 500 acres. And you go there, and you have the little right to stay there, but you have to move your domicile every six months. Hmm. And there's people that will stay there year-round. And we were out there ghost hunting, and these squatters were kind of just chasing us through and around where we were. And I just kind of threw my hands up and go, you know, we can just have enough of this because the squatters were scarier than the paranormal activity. <laughs> <Everyone does. laughs> well, how about that? I mean, have you guys had an experience with, uh, you know, with obviously without naming names, uh, some eccentric <laughs> clients, uh, oh, an interesting oh, client yeah. interaction. Anything you can talk about? Well, <laughs> we we have encountered some interesting people. <laughs> we'll just say that. Oh, give yeah. us more. <laughs> I, I'm curious. Without, without saying who or where, uh, what is an interesting client uh, interaction that you had? Oh. Oh, well, here, i got to ask you a question. Did you get the lady from DeWitt yet? From no. Oh, you're going to know well, her. Well, tell us about okay, that. What was the deal? She, she started calling me about a year ago, and, you know, she was convinced that her her whole life was cursed by her kid's dead principal from high school. <laughs> I swear. Okay? And this really actually escalated on and on to the point she was calling me two or three times a week and threatening to kill me because I wasn't doing enough for her. Oh, nice. You know, so you, you get those clients, and then, you know, you and I talked about the client from Utica, and, you know, she's another one that she's going to go through the Internet to try to get people to come out, and it's unfortunate, but, you know, she's kind of one of those people that just likes the attention. There's really no activity. She likes that attention because she doesn't have a family. So, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, you try to help out as best as you can, but then it c- gets to the point where you as a group, you're going to get taxed, and you're just going to want to throw your hands up and go, can't yeah. really deal with this much longer. So mm-hmm. yeah. that was the principal, the, the son's dead principal. High school principal, yes. So yes. <laughs> talk about corporeal punishment. Yeah. <laughs> you're listening to Tabs Para Magazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Our telephone number is 315-421-9325. 315-421-9325. And our email address is radio at tapsparamag.com. We're talking with members of the local paranormal group Paracuse, and I've got to ask you, um, as rel- people who, or folks who are relatively new to the investigating, what type of advice do you have for other folks who might be thinking about getting into something like this? I would say that you definitely, you definitely have to have an open mind. Um, you know, there's a, a realm of reality. I mean, obviously not everything is paranormal. A were you nervous about it in the beginning? Um, I'm still nervous about it, to be honest. I mean, were you yeah. hesitant to approach a group and, and get involved at that level? I was looking was very vigorously on Internet everywhere, trying to find somewhere to, to join. So mm-hmm. when we met Scott, that was we thought it was fate. Okay. Yeah, I so, agree. So you were aggressively looking to become oh, part yeah, of a group. Oh, yeah, aggressively How about you, yeah. Chad? I mean, you started with UFOs, but, uh, you know, what? What was the first investigation like for you? Um, really good. I mean, we, we joined Scott with Scott, and we went down, and we did the 1890 house and, you know, started experience. I had one of my first uh, paranormal experiences there, so that was what pretty much set it off for myself. Yeah, tell them what the 1890 house is in case, you know, the listeners don't know. Oh, the 1890 house, the mansion in, um, that's in Cortland. Cortland, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful. And about how many investigations do you guys do in a given month? That varies. Mm -hmm. You know, it depends on the activity. Sometimes, you know, we don't do one. Sometimes we have, you know, two on a night. Yeah, we've been double booked Mm -hmm. lately. And, uh, you know, you, you do this as a vocation and you do it quite a bit. Is it still fun for you to watch 
ghost movies and watch the TV shows? Is it is that still enjoyable for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. So, so then, what's your favorite ghost movie? I gotta ask. I would have to say Paranormal Activity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <clears throat> yeah. We were, talk- we were talking about that one earlier. Um, you guys are going to stick around for a while. You're going to be able to join us a little bit yeah. later in the program. We gr- we're going to go to break, and after the break, we will, uh, we're will. we expecting to have Eric Altman, the director of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. We'll change gears just a little bit and talk with him. In the meantime, our telephone number is 315-421-9325, and our email address is radio at tapsparamag.com. You're listening to Taps Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio.